Chapter Eleven of Aunt Jane's Nieces and Uncle John by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Eleven: A Real Adventure at Last. Uncle John woke up when the Major inadvertently placed a heel upon his round stomach on the way to the ground. The chubby little millionaire had slept excellently and was in a genial humor this morning. He helped Wampus fry the bacon and scrambled eggs while the Major called the girls. It proved a glorious sunrise, and the air was full of pure ozone. They had suffered little from cold during the trip, although it was in the dead of winter and the altitude considerable. Just now they were getting closer to California every hour, and when they descended from the mesa it would gradually grow warmer. They were all becoming expert at breaking camp and preparing for the road. Beth and Patsy put away the bedding and made up the interior of the limousine for travelling. The Major and Uncle John folded the tent and packed it away, while Wampus attended to the dishes and tinware, and then looked over his car. In a surprisingly short time, they were all aboard, and the big machine was gliding over the faint trail. The Mesa was not a flat or level country, for they were still near to the mountain ranges. The way was uphill and down, in gentle slopes, and soon after starting they breasted the brow of a hill and were confronted by half a dozen mounted men, who seemed as much astonished at the encounter as they were. It being an event to meet anyone in this desolate place, Wampus involuntarily brought the car to a halt, while the riders lined up beside it and stared rather rudely at the party. They were dressed as cowboys usually are, with flannel shirts, chaplets, and sombrero hats. But their faces were not rugged nor healthy as is the case with most western cowboys, but bore marks of dissipation and hard living. Remittance men, whispered Wampus. Uncle John nodded. He had heard of this curious class, especially with the men staring at the three pretty feminine faces that peered from the interior of the limousine. They had remained silent thus far, but now one of them, a fellow with dark eyes and a sallow complexion, reined his horse nearer the car and removed his hat with a sweeping gesture, that was not ungraceful a merry morning to you fair ladies or angels i much misdoubt which we have chanced upon anyhow welcome to hades uncle john frowned he did not like the bantering impudent one beth flushed and turned aside her head myrtle shrank back in her corner out of sight but patsy glared fixedly at the speaker with an expression that was far from gracious the remittance man did not seem daunted by this decided aversion a sneering laugh broke from his companions and one of them cried back up algy and give your betters a chance you're out of it old man i have no betters he retorted then turning to the girls again and ignoring the presence of the men accompanying them he continued beauteous visions since you have wilfully invaded the territory of hades ranch of which diabolical domain i algernon toby am by grace of his satanic majesty the master I invite you to become my guests and participate in a grand ball which I shall give this evening in your honour. His comrades laughed again, and one of them shouted, Good for you, Algy, a dance, that's the thing. Why, we haven't had the chance of a dance for ages, said another approvingly. Because we have no ladies to dance with, explained Algy. But here are three of them come to our rescue, perhaps more if I could see inside that barricade, and they cannot refuse us the pleasure of their society. Sir, said Major Doyle stiffly, you are pleased to be impertinent. Ride on, you rascals, and spare us further sight of you. 
the man turned upon him a scowling face don't interfere he said warningly this isn't your party you old duffer drive ahead wampus commanded uncle john wampus had to get out and crank the engines which he calmly proceeded to do the man who had called himself algernon toby perceived his intention and urged his pony to the front of the car let that thing alone keep your hands off he said wampus paid no attention the fellow brought his riding whip down sharply on the chauffeur's shoulders inflicting a stinging blow instantly wampus straightened up grasped toby by the leg and with a swift skilful motion jerked him from his horse the man started to draw his revolver but in an instant he and wampus were rolling together upon the ground and the canadian presently came uppermost and held his antagonist firmly between his knees then with deliberation he raised his clinched fist and thrust it forcibly against mr toby's eye repeating the impact upon his nose his chin and his cheek in a succession of jarring thumps that were delivered with scientific precision algy fairly howled kicking and struggling to be free none of his comrades offered to interfere and it seemed they were grimly enjoying the punishment that was being inflicted upon their leader when wampus had quite finished his work he arose adjusted his disarranged collar and tie and proceeded to crank the engines then he climbed into his seat and started the car with a sudden bound as he did so a revolver shot rang out and one of the front tires pierced by the bullet ripped itself nearly in two as it crumpled up a shout of derisive laughter came from the cowboys algy was astride his pony again and as wampus brought the damaged car to a stop the remittance men dashed by and along the path taking the same direction uncle john's party was following toby held back a little calling out au revoir i shall expect you all at my party i'm going now to get the fiddler he rejoined his comrades then and they all clattered away until a roll of the mesa hid them from sight uncle john got down from his seat to assist his chauffeur thank you wampus he said perhaps you should have killed him while you had the opportunity but you did very well wampus was wrestling with the tire i have never started a private graveyard he replied for reason i am afraid to hurt anyone but i am wampus if mr algy he dance to-night somebody must lead him for he will be blind i never met such a lawless brood in my life prowled the major indignantly if they were in new york they'll be put behind the bars in two minutes but they are in arizona in the wilderness said uncle john gravely if there are laws here such people do not respect them it took a long time to set the new tire and inflate it for the outer tube was torn so badly that an extra one had to be substituted but finally the task was accomplished and once more they renewed their journey now that they were alone with their friends the girls were excitedly gossiping over the encounter do you really suppose we are on that man's ground his ranch as he calls it asked myrtle half fearfully why i suppose someone owns all this ground barren as it is replied patsy but we are following a regular road not a very good one nor much travelled but a road nevertheless and any road is public property and open for the use of travellers perhaps we shall pass by their ranch house suggested beth if we do uncle john answered i'll have wampus put on full speed even their wild ponies can't follow us then and if they try shooting up the tires again they are quite likely to miss as we spin by isn't there any other road the major asked wampus shook his head i have never come just this same route before he admitted but i make good friends in prescott 
We know all Arizona blindfold. Him say this is nice, easy road, and we cannot get lost for a good reason. The reason there is no other road at all, only this one. Did your friend say anything about Hades Ranch? continued the questioner. He say remittance man make much mischief if he can, but he one foreign coward, drunk most time, and when sober, weak like my aunt's tea. He say don't let remittance man make bluff. No matter how many come, if you hit one, they all run. Hmm, murmured Uncle John. I'm not sure of that, Wampus. There seems to be a good many of those insolent rascals, and I hope we shall not meet them again. They may give us trouble yet. Never be afraid, advised the chauffeur. I am Wampus, and I am here. Admitting that evident truth, our tourists were not greatly reassured. Wampus could not tell where the road might lead them, for he did not know, save that it led by devious winds to Parker, on the border between Arizona and California. But what lay between them and that destination was a sealed book to them all. The car was heavy and the road soft, so in spite of their powerful engines, the car was not making more than 15 miles an hour. A short ride brought them to a ridge, from the top of which they saw a huddle of buildings not far distant, with a nearby paddock containing a number of ponies and cattle. The buildings were not palatial, but composed mostly of adobe and slab wood, but the central one, probably the dwelling or ranch house, was a low, rambling pile covering considerable ground. The road led directly toward this group of buildings, which our travellers at once guessed to be Hazy's ranch. Wampus slowed down and cast a sharp glance around, but the land on either side of the trail was thick with cactus and sagebrush, and to leave the beaten path meant a puncture almost instantly. There was but one thing to be done. "'Pretty good road here,' said Wampus. "'Hold tight and don't get scare. We make a race of it.' "'Go ahead,' returned Uncle John grimly. If any of those scoundrels get in your way, run them down. I never like to hurt peoples, but if that is your command, sir, I will obey, said Wampus, setting his jaws tightly together. The car gathered speed and shot over the road at the rate of twenty miles an hour, then twenty-five, then thirty, and finally forty. The girls sat straight and looked eagerly ahead. Forms were darting here and there among the buildings of the ranch, quickly congregating in groups on either side of the roadway. A red flag fluttered in the centre of the road, some four feet from the ground. "'Look out!' shouted Uncle John. "'Stop, Wampus! Stop her, I say!' Wampus saw why and applied his brakes. The big car trembled, slowed down, and came to a stop less than a foot away from the three ugly bars of barbed wire which had been placed across the road. They were now just beside the buildings and a triumphant shout greeted them from their captors, the remittance men. End of chapter 11